Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Drive Through HR. It is September 29th, 2020, and we are wrapping up not only a month of some special shows with our snackable HR content and our snackable HR guests, but we are wrapping up um, an era to some degree on Drive Through HR. Um, we have been on the air for ten and a half years, and today is our 1,499th episode, and we couldn't be happier to welcome the guest who's um, who's helping us bring this bring this on home. We are thrilled uh, to hear today from our good friend uh, and a good friend of many, Lori Rudiman. Uh, Lori is a writer, a speaker, an entrepreneur. And she has a new book out called Betting on You, How to Put Yourself First and Finally Take Control of Your Career. It comes out on January 12th, and it's available for pre-order today. Welcome, Lori. Well, thanks, Robin. It's an honor to be here. And hello, everybody. I don't know who's listening. I can't see you, but I'm going to pretend you're all friends of mine. And so since we're all friends, I'll tell you, I'm on vacation this week in a town called Wilmington, North Carolina. And I tell you that because Wilmington has a long and storied history. It's the scene of an important battle for the Civil War. Also, I don't know if you know this, Donald Trump was just here last week, and I'm not sad that I missed him. I'll just put that out right there. But he was visiting the town because in World War II, it was a big port city. In fact, that's its nickname. And so he was congratulating the city for building ships and sending them out in World War II and, I don't know, just doing his thing. That Donald Trump does. But I want to tell you about Wilmington because there's a part of its history that I think is completely relevant and also unknown. Wilmington is the site of the Wilmington Insurrection of 1898. And if you don't know the history, that's okay because a lot of people don't. It has been squashed. People don't talk about this insurrection but it was actually one of the only coup d'etats in America. So here's the story. Back in 1898, Wilmington, North Carolina, had a duly elected mayor and city council that were African-American. And this was a huge deal. This was really the only city in America, especially here in the South, that was like that. And they were part of a party called the Fusionists. And they were running the city, and it was very peaceful, and a mob of 2,000 white Southerners attacked the mayor, attacked the black residents, the black town council folk, attacked the whole entire community, and killed up to 300 African-American citizens in this town. Now, you're probably saying, Lori, I know the history of the South, and that's not what I know, because for years, the story that was told was that there was a Wilmington race riot. That's right. They blamed the African-American victims and said they started this and they completely rewrote history. So, yes, that is where I am today. I am in Wilmington, North Carolina. And the Wilmington of today looks different than it did way back then, but it is still a deeply divided city. 
And so I love it here. I actually find this community to be warm and welcoming. But this is on my mind because we have all of these wounds in society that are still out there, still festering. And, and never more have we seen these wounds fester than in the world of work. Now, you may say to me, listen, Lori, I don't like to talk politics at work. I, I'm not interested in a political discussion. And I would say to you, if you work in human resources, you need a new job. Because everybody who works in the world of human resources sits at the intersection of work, power, politics, and money. If you work in human resources, you have an inherently political job. And the sad thing is that many people who work in HR, and I'm talking about recruiting, benefits, compensation, performance management, people who do employee relations, and people who do high-level strategy, if you're in the human resources ecosystem, even if you think you've done a great job, chances are you haven't. And so I want to talk about that today because I fundamentally believe that HR, where it stands today, is one colossal failure, and I include myself in that condemnation. And when I think about all the work that needs to be done to repair human resources, it occurs to me that the people who have been doing the work got us here, but in, as the old saying goes from Marshall Goldsmith, they can't get us there, there to the future, there to the promised land, there to equal opportunity, there to a bias-free work environment. If you could have done it, if I could have done it, we would have done it by now. So in that way, I think there's a real opportunity to be had for a conversation around defunding HR. Because in many ways, the modern human resources department is a lot like the modern police department. It was built as an extension of interest that didn't necessarily have the workers or the citizens at heart. If you think about the modern HR department, it's really built on this notion of compliance, this notion of mitigating risk. No matter what anybody tells you about strategy or creativity or collaboration, those are just the lies we tell ourselves. The modern day HR department is meant to placate workers just enough that they're motivated and they perform, but not to incentivize them too much that they have ideas of their own, because if they had ideas of their own, after all, what would they need leaders for? So you've got this inherent tension in the modern-day HR department, and it's a lot like the modern police department. We say the police department is there to protect and serve. But the, ad, the question is, who are they protecting? Who are they there to serve? And in both situations, in police departments and HR departments, they are funded by citizens. They are funded by workers. If you have a job, you paid for HR. I want you to think about this for a second. Do you feel like your HR department has served you? If you work in HR, do you feel like you've been given HR? I cannot tell you how many human resources, human capital, human experience management leaders have said to me, I'm burnt out. I'm tired, I'm exhausted. Oh my God, you people are the ones who can solve those problems and you can't even solve it for yourselves. Why you think you can solve it for the enterprise is beyond me, but okay. So there are these parallels between the modern HR department and the modern police department, at least parallels that I see. And I don't trust institutions that got us here to get us there into the future. So I believe it's time to have a conversation about not only defunding HR, but maybe abolishing it. 
And in the place of that, we could refund the money back to the workforce to really support this very simple and clear-cut notion that there should be equal pay for equal work. We always say we can't find the money to fix this. You could find it if you abolished the modern HR department and really reconfigured the way that people were paid. I also think there's an opportunity to really reconfigure the way we distribute power because right now we have sort of enabled an HR department to have power, but not fully. And we have sort of enabled workers to really own their career and be autonomous, but not really. What if we said to the CEO, to the management team, to the leadership team, there is no HR department, you are the HR department. Imagine what would happen if we put accountability back on our leaders. Now, you may say, well, I work in HR. What the hell am I going to do with myself? Am I not entitled to have a job? Sure, you can have a job. You can become someone who equips, enables, and trains people truly and completely. You can be the teacher you have been meant to be, but you should do it decoupled from an institution that is toxic and has not moved the workforce forward ever. Now, again, I'm casting stones. I'm talking about HR departments, and I include myself in this. If I were really the punk rock HR lady I thought I was, I would have made more progress by now. But I also recognize that we are all fighting an uphill battle for truth, for justice, for equality, for work that is conducted in an environment without racism, sexism, homophobia, misogyny, without ableism. This is a tough fight. But here's what I've learned. I cannot fight this battle from inside, and I don't think you can either. So if you're going to stay in human resources, know this. If you really believe in change, you're going to have to fight this tension between capitalism and doing the right thing. And if you truly believe in upending the world of work, if you truly believe in collaboration and innovation, this is a clarion call to you. This is a challenge. Because from this day forward, know that you cannot do this internally. So if you've been looking for a sign to go out on your own, to do something new, to be that consultant that you've always wanted to be, to be that change agent who is truly disruptive, I'm asking you to do it right now. This is your time. Go out there. Don't, don't defund HR. I don't really give a shit what you call it, but go change the world. Thanks, everybody, for listening to my ideas about defunding HR. I hope you learned something. And I really appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation with you.